0: Hi, this is Omega, and this is my podcast called Turning the Page. This is episode three, about volunteering. Volunteering was something I thought others did because they were rich, and they weren't tired from working all day. Remembering the stories of people who were victimized while volunteering kind of freaked me out, and not being rich, volunteering for anything appeared to be out of my league. That's right, not out of my comfort zone, out of my league. I needed more caffeine, more sleep, and not someone else's problems. Well, people are not thick on the ground in southern rural Arizona. My social life had all but vanished when my job was eliminated, and talking to people who still had jobs hurt. I was afraid of becoming the office story. You know the one where someone says, how's so-and-so doing? And then everyone gets to talk about you like you're missing in action while they check their banks to make sure the direct deposit landed on time. I had trouble talking to my neighbors. That includes the one that shoots at me with his pellet gun, but that's another story. I felt like I didn't have anything in common with anyone around me, and I had a vision of fading away into a recluse. I was tired of having internal conversations that went nowhere. At some level, I was afraid of depression. I was afraid of losing my cognitive abilities. I was afraid I would die and no one would notice. Having realized I needed to do something, I had no big idea of what to do. I'd like to say that suddenly volunteering became my outlet and all was bright and shiny with the world, but that didn't happen either. However, I did sign up on the American Red Cross website and waited to see if I would be approved. In a couple of days, I was presented with choices of things I could do to help the Red Cross. There was a list, but it boiled down to one choice, joining a disaster action team. My first choice was helping at blood drives, but that wasn't an option for some reason. My second was casework, but that had meant that I'd have to drive one and a half hours just one way for a four hour shift, because casework only happened in the big city. I found myself invited to the next monthly meeting of the Disaster Action Team for my county. I'll skip over how hard it was to put myself out there and receive a lukewarm reception. It was tough. The group didn't make room for me, welcome me with open arms, or even feign interest in me for the first year. They made jokes about how long it would take me to get my first three calls so I could be a real member and not just a trainee. It took eight months. I had to lobby hard, read that as get cranky, to get on the group call list to even hear about disasters. These aren't hurricanes. These disasters are fires, floods, freak storms that rip off someone's roof in a rural county in southern Arizona. It was 14 months before I spoke with another volunteer for any length of time, other than the captains that drove the volunteer disaster experience. I thought I'd quit at least once during the first year. I stopped attending the meetings for a few months. I don't think anyone noticed I was missing, and no one remarked when I showed up again. I learned patience. I learned to offer help where I could and to sit back and appreciate what these volunteers have built among themselves. These are real work relationships and not those forced by the constraints of a job. I learned about compassion, not by reading about it or convincing myself I was compassionate because I reined in my arrogance and kept my mouth shut. I witnessed it. I saw it. I saw it during the first few calls I did go on that first year and how the volunteers talked to people with respect, offering them a small portion of the bounty of our society and a stuffed animal for their kids. It was all worth it. The value in volunteering was shown to me when a woman was so desperate that the little we could do for her was enough to make her smile. She had lived in her nightgown for three days until someone in her dying mining town called us to see if we could help. I saw it in the relieved faces of the firefighters when they showed up at a shelter the Red Cross had opened in a tiny high school near a wildfire that had taken three homes and was threatening several more. These exhausted young men took showers, ate, and slept before heading back out to a fire they had to fight in a hot Arizona summer. I had the overnight shift keeping the doors open while families slept in the darkened classrooms. Just me and the bats that take over the school if someone actually does leave the door open. In the past month, I have worked and it is hard work. At small events in tiny towns in my rural county, we give out bottles of water, offer smoke alarms for those who don't have them and plans for how to fireproof their homes. We've watched firefighters feed families We helped a small community celebrate Halloween on their main street just yesterday on a street that is about two blocks long. When we drove away, many were still hanging out, watching a movie projected on the back wall of the fire station. I don't know when it stopped being my experience and became that which I shared with my team members. There was not one aha moment when I realized how valuable the experience had become It was an incremental realization that the infrequent moments of being the person who handed over the resources donated by the American people to one of their own in need was transcendental. It is the faces that stay with me.